Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and you are in for an incredible treat this six-part podcast series that I'm doing with Nick Gallo, the Chief Servant Officer at Compliance Line. Nick, first of all, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. I'm so glad to be here, man. So you did one of the most incredible quests I have heard of recently, and in fact, you're still in it, I believe, and that's the 100 Book Challenge, where you read or listened to 100 books you selected over 2020. I'm just dumbfounded that anybody can do this. I'm a voracious <laughs> reader. Two books a week is a max effort for me. And that's when I'm rolling on all cylinders. And that's not business books. Right. <laughs> they flow a lot easier in the thriller category. So right. uh, first of all, kudos for doing this. But more importantly, kudos for sharing this with your community, the compliance community, because we've all learned so much from this as well. So. Maybe I could start with just asking you, what was the 100 book challenge? Yeah, it's what it kind of sounds like. Can I read 100 books in 2020? So I love reading. I've always been a big reader. And I don't know even how I came up with it. Maybe I saw it somewhere. You know, I'm a you know shameless that, a thief of uh, ideas. So maybe I saw it somewhere and I thought it was my idea. I thought, you know, I read a lot. Why don't we try to up it a little bit and try to hit two a week, you know, that seemed very manageable. That sounds like a small number, two a week. And then you got to get into it. You got to get into it. And I'm like, what did I sign up for here? Well, you had to have some sort of process to do this because this is too much to just say, okay, I'm going to read 50 pages at night before I go to sleep. How did you do it? So I kind of mapped it out and I said, okay, is this even an attainable goal? Like what would it take to do it? I mean, reading eight hours a day, you can read a hundred books in a year easily, right? But that's not feasible. So I just kind of looked at it and said, okay, well, what would it take to read, you know, this? And so you kind of come up with an average of like how many pages in that, you know, kind of your average, you know, I put some parameters on it. I said, these are all going to be business books. These are going to be nonfiction. I mean, I love fiction books, but it's been a year since I've read anything fiction. It'd be kind of self-help books or, you know, things that are going to open my, my mind to something or make me like a better leader or be a better business person. So those were kind of the parameters and then jumped in to say, average business book is kind of... 250, 300 pages, average words per page is call it 250 or 300. So, you know, if you read kind of three to 400 words per minute in about an hour a day, you can kind of knock that out. So that's easy to sort of sketch out, but then it's like actually putting that into practice consistently and not falling behind was, you know, part of the challenge here, you know? Now, maybe things have changed, but the last time I checked, you had a day job. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So how did you fit this in with your full-time day job? Yeah, that's a good question. So the way I would do it is I would say, all right, to get through two a day or two a week, I have to get kind of an hour of reading a day, a hundred kind of pages a day. So what's nice is that, you know, so I'm kind of an auditory learner. I learn better from listening to lectures and talks and things like that. So for me, I could kind of mix in audible with, you know, my regular reading. So most of the books now, like they're audible will link up with the Kindle. You know, I would get both of those and then I would just be reading at night and then on the way to work or if I was doing something mindless, you know, something that I could actually pay attention to the words that are kind of flowing through the earphones. If I was doing something mindless, then I would try to work in kind of audible 
audiobooks. So before March 15th of this year, I listened to probably six different podcasts a day. Yeah. That was based on walking the dogs, working out, going to meet somebody for lunch, going running an errand, doing something. And I worked from home then. And now I'm down to a half a podcast a day because it's yeah, walking right. the dogs. So how did you do that while working remotely? That was actually a pretty big hiccup for my, for my challenge, COVID, because I was getting into a pretty good rhythm to your point of, you know, I had these times in the car or I had these times of, you know, exercising or something where I could work this stuff in. With that sort of being eliminated, I just had to kind of decide like, all right, do I want to stick with this goal? And if so, what other changes do I have to make? And that's when the like full kind of cutout of television occurred. I just didn't have, you know, as many of those in-between times, to your point. So um, I always try to read at night before I go to sleep. And occasionally it relaxes me, but usually I just get wound up in the story. And even if I'm reading a a nonfiction, then I I really have to focus and concentrate. So I'm thinking about that. Can you use that reading skill to relax or does it kind of just get your mind wound up? It's a good question. It's kind of hit or miss. Like sometimes I will kind of go off on a little tangent if it's some, you know, if it's some nugget that really kind of gets me going. But for the most part, I, in about 15 minutes, I could fall asleep after reading, you know. So how did you pick the hundred books? I was really just like asking everybody for recommendations. I had a wish list on Amazon that I had been kind of building up over time. Just, you know, if somebody read a good book or told me about it. So I, I had a good starting point, but I definitely did not have a hundred books on that list. And the majority of what I read this year were kind of added along the way. So I did the average, like the average book score, you know, taking out my subjective bookworm score, like the average score was like 8.76. I mean, largely the books I I was reading were all highly recommended books. And so I would just add them to my list. And I had the opportunity to read some really good ones because I had some great recommendations. And then when I was done with the book, I would just kind of look on the list and say like, all right, well, what am I kind of interested in next? And what was really cool about this challenge, Tom, was you can go deep on a subject in a pretty short amount of time. So you dive in and you want to learn about cognitive errors. Well, there's hundreds of books on this stuff. So within a month, you can read five or six of them and get a pretty good look at a couple of of the different sort of facets that sort of surround the theory in question, you know. For me, the most fun part was your sharing with the community in the form of your reviews. And having to write a blog every day, I have some appreciation of what that means. (laughs) And how were you able to, to get in the, uh, that part of it? And then the other thing I do is, is when I have a major project like this, if I get behind my schedule, I, of course, I don't double down. I worry more. Right. Uh, so how did you deal with those two things? Yeah. So the writing of the reviews was, you know, something I was trying to do to, like, keep myself accountable. I thought, you know, if I'm making this public, I want to remain consistent I want to live up to this thing that I say that I'm going to do. So I thought that would be kind of a positive pressure and a positive tension, which it absolutely was, though, like toward the end of the year, things started to get super crazy. And I've been kind of digging myself out of this uh, review hole for like the last, it seems like for the last month, I've been like 10 reviews back. So I'm trying to get to them. So that ended up being both kind of like the thing that probably allowed me to kind of stick to it, but also ended up, you know, at the tail end, kind of being the bait of my existence at some level, because it was just, to your point, like you just worry more. There's this this like overhang of work that I feel obligated to kind of get to. So to your second question, like how did, how was I able to do it? 
I would just kind of keep notes. So like if I was in my car and I got to a good point, I would switch over to like Evernote or my notes on my phone and just like, you know, I have a note basically for every single book that I read and I would just be adding in good takeaways and stuff like that. Really the big challenge with the reviews was dialing it into the the character limit on LinkedIn. So I'm pretty verbose and I can sort of talk a lot, uh, but dialing it down to like a really kind of a boiled down nugget for people to take something away was kind of a challenge, particularly in some of these books that really go into so many different ideas. But yeah, just trying to keep up with it as I'm going, because on any books that I fell behind on, to your point, like if I had to go back to that book to write the review, it took like three or four times longer to write it, you know? Sort of for me is if I don't do something right away when I commit to it, it's not likely to get done. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, let's move to what did you learn? I'd like to maybe break it down into what did you learn from the books? What did you learn about the experience and process? And and then what did it mean to you personally? So I think what I learned from the books was I don't know anything. You know what I'm saying? I know nothing. It's almost like this tyranny of information, right? Like there's so much information. There's so many people who are a mile deep on that information. There's just so much of it out there. And when you start getting into it, you start to see that like, wow, there are freaking experts everywhere. And I'm just kind of scratching the surface on that thing. So it's kind of humbling to you know realize that like you don't know anything. What else I learned is that everything is disputed. So I thought it was a pretty well kind of settled fact, quote unquote, that Lincoln was, you know, the best president. Well, there's dozens of books out there about him being a tyrant and about how he was the worst president. And all these things that you think like, okay, well, there's some truth in here. There's, you know, something settled, all this academia and theories and research and so forth have settled on some truth. Well, any one of those nuggets, there's a debate about it. So that's kind of interesting as well. What I learned from the books is that there's just so much out there and I don't know anything. I'm entitled to nothing. I'm no better than anybody else and I'm a a work in progress. So that's what I learned from the books. From the process, I think I learned that if we're not constantly learning, then, you know, that saying like, if a shark stops swimming, they die. I think that's maybe learning with humans. So just think about like the human body. If you're not stretching, then as you get older, your joints start to lock up and you have to stay active. And if if you want to kind of keep a healthy body into your, your later years, I think the same thing happens with our mind. And if we're not constantly like challenging those crystalline structures that kind of govern our view of the world and so forth, then those can become sort of more and more rigid, less flexible, and it gets harder to see and learn new things. So I learned from the process that flexing that sort of mental intellectual muscle, there's a lot of value in it. And it helps to kind of see things from other perspectives more quickly. Just my feelings about the whole thing. Honestly, man, like this is probably one of the biggest accomplishments in my life, like as stupid as it sounds, like it was a very public thing. I'm somebody who's kind of, it's important for me to like publicly look how I say that I am, you know what I'm saying? I want to remain kind of internally consistent. And it was definitely like a stretch goal and to hit it, given the challenges, I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself for doing it. But more importantly, I think part of the motivation for, for doing it is, you know, I want our company to be a learning organization. I want our team to be learning all the time. I want to be learning from folks around us. And I think if we're in that continuous improvement mode, and there's a lot of magic that can be unlocked. And I always had a new book to talk about in every meeting. And I think that message was at least delivered at some level. That's interesting because when I wrote the first version of the compliance handbook, I think I was more happy when I turned the manuscript in than when it was published, just because I'd had that sense of accomplishment of yeah. writing, 
nearly 600 page book. So where are you now in the process? So I just finished book 101, I think yesterday. So I'm kind of uh, eyeing some of these uh, new thrillers and fantasy novels <laughs> that have come out over the last year. <laughs> They're kind of barking at me a little bit. So I may dip into some, uh, some fiction here, here at the end, you know. Well, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time here, Nick. But why don't you tell us, uh, we're going to do five books over the next five days. Why don't you tell us the five books to give our listeners a preview? Yeah, the first one is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Really phenomenal book about mindset, really. The next one is Influence by Robert Caldini. And this is about exactly what it says, influence and the shortcuts we take to kind of navigate our world. The next one is The Culture Map by Erin Meyer. She was the co-author on uh, No Rules Rules, the book with uh, Reed Hastings. This is a phenomenal, interesting book about how different cultures sort of manifest in the world. The next one is The Fearless Organization by Amy Edmondson. She's really a famous researcher. It's really about psychological safety and a lot of her research fed into that famous Google study. And then finally, the last one is The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek about kind of recognizing that running a business over the long term is the way to do it. Well, Nick, I hope our listeners have enjoyed our uh, overview uh, introduction episode, and I hope they will join us for our next episode where we take a look at one of my favorite books of all time, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review. 